a shift in mindset can change so many possibilities. And it's no different for today's guest where we dive in deep to her story, how she came up, how she built true financial freedom, helps other people do so. And most importantly, some of the mindset and strategy tips that can help make big shifts in the way that you think about investing. Let's get right into it. This is the Investor Mindset Podcast, and I'm Stephen Pesavento. For as long as I can remember, I've been obsessed with understanding how we can think better, how we can be better, and how we can do better. And each episode, we explore lessons on motivation and mindset from the most successful real estate investors and entrepreneurs in the nation. And before we jump into the episode today, I wanted to remind you guys to go grab your copy of the Passive Investor Playbook, The Ultimate Guide to Passive Investing. And you can find your copy at theinvestormindset.com slash passive. You can find that right here in the show notes. The Passive Investor Playbook is full of all the foundational information you're going to need to start learning. How do you go and make those smart decisions as a passive investor? How do you go about vetting sponsors? How do you go about deciding what your investment goals are, whether you want to be active or passive? And of course, what type of investment opportunities are you looking for? We dive really deep into some great topics. We've covered a lot of these in some short podcast episodes, but you can grab the full guide full of graphs, pictures, and plenty of information right over at theinvestormindset.com slash passive. Look forward to uh, having you enjoy that. And let's get right back to it. All right, guys, welcome back to the Investor Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Pesavento. And today I'm very excited. I've got Monica Sawyer in the studio. How are you doing, Monica? I am so great, Stephen. Thank you for having me here. I am grateful to have you. We just got done having a really killer conversation. I'm excited to continue it here. Um, Monica, of course, is uh, the blissful millionaire. She's reached her financial freedom by turning $10,000 into over $5 million by working just a few hours every single week. And she helps other people make some of that same shift that she's been able to build over many decades to eventually leave her career and make real estate her full-time thing. She's also a host of the real estate radio show uh, named Real Estate Investing for Women and has interviewed many great guests, including yours truly. So without <laughs> further ado, you ready to dive into things? I am so ready. <laughs> wonderful. Before we dive into all of the great things you're up to right now, I'd love to start out by looking back at earlier in your life. What events or influences from your childhood shaped who you are today? Mm. Well, my parents were in real estate. So that actually, they came here as immigrants. So my parents came here from India with $200 in their pocket. I want everybody to hear that because then they invested in real estate and they grew that into a multi-million dollar empire as a side hustle. My mom was a doctor. My dad was an engineer. So if they can do it, anybody can do it. <laughs> and that was the thing that I got from them is that anything is possible. And even if you have so little, wealth is possible. Now, here's the other thing that I got. 
I also got that real real estate is really stressful because <laughs> my parents did it kind of this way where there was like, you know, my dad did get the phone calls in the middle of the night for a toilet or whatever, you know, people weren't paying their, their rents, right? So he had all of that stress. And so by the time I was a young adult, I was like, no, thank you. I am so not interested in real estate. Um, and then I went to college and I, grad- by the way, my parents paid for my college through real estate. And then when I got out, it was a recession. And I couldn't figure out how was I going to survive? How was I going to make money? How was I going to do this adulting thing? And I remember one night I was sitting at the table telling my dad about all my stress and all my fear. And he said something to me that night. And this is what changed everything for me. He said, you know, Monica, everybody has stress. Everybody has fear. And everybody has money problems. Do you want poor people money problems or do you want rich people money problems? Well, you can imagine the decision that I made in that moment. And so that's what started my path to where I am today. Yeah, it's such a good reminder about we're all going to have problems. We've all got challenges. And so do you want to have the challenges of poor people or do you want to have some rich people challenges? And it makes it pretty easy for you to decide depending on what that means and what that association is for you. But I imagine coming from a family that was grinding, creating an income and investing in real estate, that there was some negative associations. And so what were some of those that you ended up having growing up? So you love talking about mindset. So let's let's dig deep onto that piece. For me, I believed that you had to pay your dues. These are some of the things that we learned, that I learned. You had to pay your dues. Money doesn't grow on trees. And here's a really, really big one. You make, you could lose it all in an instant and be ready. Because my parents, my dad, his father was this big judge in, in India. They were hugely rich. And then Pakistan and India's separation happened. They had to flee with the shirts on their back to India and they his dad died a pauper. So this is one of those things that I learned about money and investing is that as great as it may be today, be ready for it to all disappear. And that that fear mentality really kind of stuck with me for a long time. It was a big, hard one to shake for me. Um, and it influenced the way that I did my business. Like we talked in my show, right, where you were like, you don't want to make every nickel and dime. You want to have people in their genius zones. You want to be making sure that you're spreading the wealth and that there's abundance and that everybody's happy. But that's not where I came from. I came from save every little dime. Like it may all disappear, right? And so to make that transition has been a big journey for me. Yeah, well, I can definitely imagine that it's been a big journey because when you're in that mindset, I need to save every single dime because it's never going to be here, then it's pretty difficult to move forward from a place of quick decision making to actually invest that money into something that's going to be able to create more money. And so obviously you had this conversation with your dad. He ended up, you know, shifting a little bit of belief there. But what was it that ended up leading you to finally making that decision to say, yes, I'm going to move forward and I'm going to figure out how to start doing this thing called real estate? 
Yeah. So that's interesting. So my dad made this shift. And so I'm starting to think, okay, I need to make, I want to start investing in real estate. So I started to save some money. I was in a horrible car accident. I'll just say it completely ripped my part of my life apart. I became a cripple, couldn't walk for two years. So that idea of saving money became very challenging because all my money was going into medical bills. Um, But then I got engaged, which is really cool. And so the one thing that I said to my husband is, let's buy a house. The very first thing, right, was we need to buy a house. Like, I'm not going to pay rent. I'm tired of making other people um, rich. Let's make us rich. And so um, with all the money that we got for our wedding is how we invested into our first place. And then I created a strategy from there. Yeah. And how many years, just so people can put it into perspective, how many years was it from buying that first house to then buying that investment property to then ending up in the place where you could leave the career and make this your full time? So interesting. So I bought my first house. We built up equity in that, took out an equity line, bought my next primary residence and rented out the old one. That took about four years. Then we did it again. In about four more years, I got another equity line and I bought four houses. So that first, like getting my first portfolio really probably took me about eight years. How long did it take me before I could leave corporate? A total of 10. After that, we had enough cash flow coming in that I didn't have to worry about bringing home additional income. Now we had, we created a strategy in our household where we lit our lifestyle was David's and our future was mine. So he paid for today, I paid for tomorrow. And that's where we focused, right? His income had gone up enough that we could live that lifestyle. This is the other thing is don't grow into your money too fast. Like it does take time for us to build these things. So make sure that you're actually focused on that and that's important to you, right? Um, And then after that, I would say we could have retired totally, um, even him retiring in about 20 years from beginning to end. Yeah, well, absolutely. But it's such a reminder because I think sometimes people, when they're first getting started, when they first are thinking about real estate, they're thinking about it as this is a get rich quick scheme, that it's got to be too good to be true. All these people are talking about it, but it's actually the opposite of get rich quick. It's get rich really slow, but get rich for sure. It's nearly a guarantee that if you go through this process and you're diligent and you make those right decisions and you work with the right people, that on the backside of that is going to be excess money and wealth. And so if you can get your mindset adjusted with the expectations about how long it could take you to end up being in a place where you're living life lavishly without going to work every single day, that's all up to you. It's all up to changing that expectation, knowing that it can take some time to get there. I always tell people, you know, there's a million ways to make a million dollars in real estate, but, but give yourself the time to be right. Like if you have to make your money in the next three months or the next six months, real estate is not the place for you because markets cycle, things change. You got to have grit and you've got to have patience because it doesn't just happen right? It's intuitive. Everybody needs housing. Like it's the best industry to be in, but it's not a place to be in if you need it, get rich quick. It is the long game. It's so important to remember that. We have a program called the Multifamily MBA where we help operators really be able to scale up their business and make a big difference. And, you know, majority of the operators are able to get that first deal done within 90 days. But it's so important that they don't need to do the deal in order to be successful. 
because there's a different energy when you have that need. Now, I like the need being there for the driving and for the motivation and for taking action. I think that's a phenomenal place to be. But for most people, it's going to be, I'm going to focus a lot of my free time, 20, 30, 40 hours a week of my additional time on this business to grow while I'm focused in making a great income or being in a position like you're describing where you've got a spouse who's going to be able to support the day to day. Because when you can be there, you can diligently do step by step so that you can end up getting to that place where you're making decisions for the right reasons, not for that quick buck. And that's what I was going to say is that when you're able to kind of relax around it, like, yes, need is a huge motivator. And there was a need for me. I didn't know. I hated being corporate. I didn't want to be in corporate. Right. So that was my need is to get me out of corporate. My husband didn't have that need. Right. But that was mine. I needed to sort of know where I was headed. Um, but so needs a great motivator. But if you're needy, the way that you make decisions, the way that you negotiate, talk, hire, all of those things that you're going to do in your business is very different than if you come from a place of being like solid from your values, grounded, and being able to sort of stand in, this is what I represent and this is what I'm doing. Now you're not needy. And so your conversations, the way that you approach things, and most importantly, your decisions are going to be very different. There's nothing more powerful than when you can set a clear set of boundaries for what's important in your business, not only in your life, but in your business and be able to hold true to those. Then the wrong people go away and the right deals start coming in. So talk to me a little bit about you worked with a lot of different folks. You've obviously worked through this on your own. How do you end up coming to a place where you can shift your mindset to start thinking about this from a place of I don't need this? I want it and I know my value, I know my worth, and I'm going to go out and represent that to the world. So your listeners may not actually really like this answer, <laughs> but I get asked this all the time. You need to set up a, a, a way that you're taken care of. So here's the thing. People will always say to me, I focus so much on bliss, right? People will say, Monika, do you contend that money buys happiness? And I do not contend that money buys happiness, mostly. I do think that we have a threshold where we have to get out of survival mode before we can really experience happiness. So that threshold we found in the United States, there's actually studies on this, is about $75,000 a year, where you feel like you've got food on the table, you know, a car that you to drive to work, you know, and, um, and a house, right, a roof over your head. After that, everything else becomes now it's variable, right? Now we can focus on different things. So the thing that I tell people is the way to get out of that feeling of neediness is to make sure that your base needs are taken care of. Because once that's done, you can now relax. And sometimes that means, and it meant for me, that you stay in your job a little bit longer, right? And if you do that, Okay, so maybe for the first, for another year or two years, now you're working 70 hours a week, right? Because you're 40, 40 or 50 at work. I was 50 or 60 at work and then 20 on the side, right? So you, you do, like my dad says, you pay the dues. I hate to say that, but it's true. Like you put in the time, but it doesn't have to be that much time if you're focused. But you do need to make sure that you're taken care of enough that you're not desperate and that you don't appear desperate, Right. 
Absolutely. So getting clear on kind of what the sacrifice that you're willing to make in order to be able to create this allows you to be able to go in saying, hey, I can be excited about taking these actions because I know what is on the other side. I know what's available to me if I continue to stay focused in my career. And that doesn't mean that it's going to happen in a moment. But it does mean that if I can do this step by step and I have the right support and I work with the right people, then I know that on the other side, I'm going to be in a better position than I am today. And you have to be patient and it's hard. And I can just directly admit I'm a driver. I like to move quickly and I'm not always patient. But the longer that I've been in this career and the older that I get, I'm still quite a young guy, the more I realize that patience is pretty much the key to all success. You have to drive for it, but you also have to understand that some things just have to happen when they will. Absolutely. Patience is, I was actually on um, Entrepreneurs on Fire and he was like, what is the one key element to success in real estate? And I said, it's patience, you know, and, and you hear that from successful real estate investors all over the place. It's patience, you know, so I absolutely agree with that. It absolutely is. So, you know, in talking with folks, what are some of the biggest challenges that you end up seeing people face when they're at this point? They're exactly what we're talking about. They're in their career. They want to make a move. They're ready to make that shift, but they don't know where to go. They don't know where to get started. What would be the advice that you'd give them to overcome that challenge? Well, I have a feeling that it would be the exact piece of advice that you would give, <laughs> which is you need to go through and discover who you are. So for me, what I like, what I tell people is, you know, there's a million ways to make a million dollars in real estate, right? You need to find the one that is going to meet your goals in your time frame, based on what you love to do. So I am not a flipper. That is too stressful for me, right? But you could not do my strategy. That would make you crazy bored, right? We're, <laughs> we're different people. We have it's different values, different <laughs> needs, right? Exactly, right? I'm like out having vacation. We were traveling three months a year, three months out of every year, like whatever, right? You're like, oh my God, what would I do with that, right? So you got to find out who you are. And so what I do is I send people to, and people can actually do this if they want it, blissfulinvestor.com, which is my website. You can go to blissfulinvestor.com forward slash values and take a values test. This is the first place where you start. And I will tell you this. I have been an executive um, coach for massively wealthy people. And many of the times when I would sit down with them at their very first session and say, talk to me about your values, they would look at me like I was crazy because we think we know our values, right? Oh, what are your values? God, family, work. Really? What are you building your business on? What have you built your life on? How do you make your decisions, right? And, and what happens then is if you're not aligned with your values, when you make those decisions and they're not aligned, it tears you apart. Eventually, the joy and the motivation and the sustainability of your business disappears because you're so ripped apart, right? So start with who are you? Start with your values. Do the exercise 10 times in the next 10 days. Go deeper. You'll discover. So that's the first thing. The next one is what are your resources? So for, we're talking about resources like what are my internal resources? Like, am I, <laughs> do I tend to complain a lot? Do I have a really optimistic view? Um, what am I like with people? Do I like them? Do I hate them? Do I like my dog better? You know, like, <laughs> what is it about you? What's your risk aversion, right? What are the things you like to do? Do you like aesthetics or do you like numbers, right? So what are those, the, all of those things are resources that are 
very inside you. But then there's the other resources, the obvious ones. How much money do you have? How much time do you have per week, month, year? And how much time? So that's what you're doing. But then how much time, what's your time frame to reach your goal? Yours was maybe a year. Mine was 25. Completely different opportunities there, right? So once you get, and then you want to know your big why. Not just your goal, but why you're doing the goal. What is that? Because you know what? In every business, no matter what you're doing, things are going to get hard. It can't be avoided. Things get hard in everything in life. It's what makes us grow, right? Things are going to get hard. You will throw in the towel unless you really understand what your big why is. That will be the thing that drives you forward. So before you do anything, before you start looking at houses, before you start taking classes, before you, whatever, find out how who you are and what you have access to. And then you can move forward from there. Everything gets easier once you start knowing that. Once you start knowing who you are, how you show up, what's important to you, what those true values are, you're able to end up then using that to go find people who are in aligned or who can support you because they have a a different set of skills than you do. So I think that's such a beautiful reminder to folks to really think through, who am I? What am I really looking for? And why is that important? So I absolutely love that. So kind of looking back on your own career, you've been building this for many years. You've obviously been making impact in people's lives for many years as well. What were some of the challenges that you faced as you were growing this business? Yeah. Well, the first one was that my very first rental property was exactly the way my dad did it. So we had a no pet policy and our carpets were completely destroyed by a pet that wasn't supposed to be there. We got the calls at like two o'clock in the morning because the toilet is leaking. We got people in there that wouldn't pay their rent. Right. And then they would leave it trashed when they would transition. So by, and I remember thinking, Oh my gosh, really, this is not worth it. I sold the place. My husband was like, you are going to so regret this. But I was like, I'm out. And I, I like left. I was like, no, thank you. Right. Um, and, and then I realized, wait a minute, like what you said in my show, this is my choice. I get to set up my business my way. So what that taught me is there was a particular kind of tenant that I liked doing business with. I was going to buy houses that that tenant wanted to live in. And that changed everything. My whole business went from having a house and filling it with a tenant to having an avatar of a tenant and finding a house that they would love. And now I was doing business with people that I loved doing business with. There were still challenges, but making that shift from my dad's way of doing things to the Wadwani 2.0 version, which was me, um, I had to make that shift in what was important to me on, on, in running this business. And when you made that shift, how did you end up feeling as a result? It was so much better. I mean, I never left again, right? I was like, wow, this is awesome. And still I have challenges. Still I have bad days. Like there's no such thing as a business without that. But every, like when I think about my business, I love my business. I love it so much that I started a real estate show that I, that I talk about it all day long now, you know, like, (laughs) so, but that's the thing is once I was fully aligned, everything opened up for me right? I've made better purchases. My properties grew faster. I got better tenants. I got better rents. Even when I had challenges, it was easier, right? 
Yeah, it completely changes your whole outlook on everything once you start to realize that, okay, when I can make something that's in alignment with what I care about, what's important to me, that I can build something that fits who I am, it's a lot more enjoyable to be in it. And sometimes we end up finding ourselves in these roles from time to time that aren't matching us. You know, we're in the business doing things that aren't in our unique ability, in our superpower. And when that ends up being the case, it's so important to take that moment to reflect and to be open to making the change. Because sometimes it can be difficult. You've gone so long, you've built up a track record, you're building a business that other people are looking at saying, how could you do that? But think about how much that means to yourself and who you are to set that boundary to say, you know what, I'm not feeling this right here. But I'm feeling that and I'm going to make this shift because it's going to end up empowering me to live more of who I am and how much stronger of a person you'll be by doing that. Yeah. And Stephen, I just want to highlight for this is true for both you and for me, based on what you said in the last show, was that it doesn't happen overnight. Like you take that moment, right? That moment could be a year. Like making those shifts for our lives are worth it but they take some focus. So if I'm not feeling this, I'm feeling that, there is a path to get there. You have to take the path. It starts with a moment, but the, the transition can take a little time. So be easy with yourself. Give yourself some grace and understand that you're doing this for yourself, your life, and your business. Exactly, exactly. Don't fight it. Embrace it, right? What, what great advice. We all need that reminder. So you talk a lot about bliss. So tell me what is this blissful investing thing that you talk about? I feel it. I think the listeners are feeling it, but I want to know where do I get some of that? What's this all about? So bliss, the way that I define it is it's a deep sense of joy and contentment and the confidence that you can handle anything that comes your way. So this is really about emotional mastery and emotional resilience. Okay, so that makes sense in our lives, right? But how does this make sense in real estate? So Warren Buffett says, if you can't control your emotions, you can't control your money. So you can see that if bliss is really about emotional mastery, it's also about life mastery, money mastery, real estate mastery. That's beautiful. Yeah, it's such a simple way of putting it, but emotion is what puts us into motion. It's what gets us to make that decision. And unfortunately, it also has us making poor decisions. Right. And that's why I say that it's focused on joy. So you can actually read my book, Choose Bliss. We talk about the, the bliss equilibrium, right? This is home. This is your emotional home. And you want to make your decisions from that place with the rose-colored glasses. Because you know what? If you've got rose-colored glasses, that's what you attract. People are attracted to that. It's magical, right? So people are attracted to you when you come from that place of being positive. You come from a place of bliss. People want to do business with you, right? You see more powerful and more confident because you're living in your place of joy. So it's not just don't have emotion. It's about mastering the place where you get to stay emotionally and choose that that place should be blissful. Yeah, absolutely. Because what you're saying, it sounds like, is that emotions are always here and we're just choosing to have more of the emotions that we actually want to have. That's right. That's right. Well, it sounds like a place that I think we all want to really dive more into. So, you know, this has been amazing diving with you. Uh, we've got a few more questions, so don't go anywhere just yet. But tell us, where can people find out more about you or get in touch? 
Yeah. So go to blissfulinvestor.com. Um, if you want to take the values quiz, just add in values after that. Um, but the podcast Real Estate Investing for Women is there. I'd love for you to join me there. Um, and then also my books are there. And there's a free download that talks about how I went from 10,000 to several million working 10 hours a month. So that's there for a free download also. Absolutely. We'll make sure we list all of that in the show notes here so you guys can easily get a copy of it. Let's dive into the growth rapid fire round where the questions are quick, but your answers don't need to be. Tell us, how would you define success and what is success to you? I define success as bliss. If I'm feeling blissful in my life, and it doesn't matter what that looks like, I could be, you know, people talk about balance. I don't believe in balance. I don't think that you can be really blissful if you're fully balanced because then you're not focusing on the things you love. So for me, whether it's I'm focusing on my work right now and I'm, that really blisses me out or I'm focusing on a vacation and that really blisses me out or focusing on a construction project and that really blisses me out. Success for me is being able to stay in my bliss. I love that. And yeah, I can definitely feel that come through. I think the listeners can feel that as well. So inspiration, what impact have mentors made on your life? And how do you look at going out and finding great mentors? Mm, I think my mentors are everything. And I find I always find like the unexpected mentor. My very first mentors were my mom and dad. They were amazing. You've heard so much about my dad. But my mom, this whole like bliss thing, she was the original bliss, magical person. Like she taught me all of this stuff. So they are, have been my original mentors, but now I'm kind of out in what I, what I, when I want something, I look to somebody that I can model, whether they're willing to teach me or just hang out with me, I want to model that person. And so that's really so much of who I am and my business is just about finding somebody I admire and modeling them. Well, that's wonderful. We'll close on this purpose. What drives you to live your best life every day? Uh, <laughs> I think I already answered that to be blissful. <laughs> that's that's like my equilibrium. That's what I measure everything against. Purpose and success are both the same thing for you. I can definitely appreciate that. Well, it's been wonderful diving in. You definitely have been able to make an impact on the mindset of many people. I know myself taking away some great lessons here. Well, Make sure people go and check out your show as well as the links that are in the show notes here. Thank you so much. I definitely look forward to the next time we get to hang out. Thank you so much, Stephen. This is great. Thank you for listening to the Investor Mindset Podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Head over to theinvestormindset.com to join the Insider Club where we share tools and strategies from the top investors and entrepreneurs on how to take it to the next level.